0: See, I absolutely love that song. Anytime that I get a chance to lead worship, I am singing this one. (laughs) And actually, last Sunday, when I was able to lead two songs, um, I specifically didn't do this one because I didn't want to always be that guy. But there's, and I think it was perfect because this song is so apropos to this message about a promise. And that the promise remains. The promise never changes. However, what we like to do sometimes is amend that promise. Because we think we need to amend that promise. But God is so faithful to us. So faithful that it never changes. Regardless of how many amendments we think we need to make to it. Amen. Uh, I'm going to say that again. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so pray with me real quick. Father, we we thank you for how you orchestrate everything Lord you're not a a God who makes us do anything but you know the outcome of every decision you've given us free will and we have the ability to choose right and we also have the ability to choose wrong so this morning God because you love us enough to give us the choice we want to choose you this morning we want to choose your promise we know the outcome of your promise we've seen it before and if we haven't, Lord, show it to us. Show us your loving kindness. Show us your compassion. This morning, Lord, we need you. So we just refuse to step forward without you being in our midst. We know that you're here, Lord. We ask for more. You tell us that it's okay to ask for more. Well, God, we ask for more of your, sp- your presence. We ask for more of your spirit. Be in this place. Allow our hearts to receive the word of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said Man, You guys can be seated. Jared, you want to turn those lights on? My well, thank you for being here this morning. I always say that you guys could have spent your time anywhere else, but you choose to spend it with us. And for that, I am grateful and thank you for that. Uh, we are... If, sometimes when I get up here, I, I, I don't know where to start because there's so much going on. There's so much going on with us. There's so much going on outside of these doors in the world, period. There's so much to say. But, uh, that's what, well, let, me, let me say this. We're going to get into some of that this morning. And when I said in the beginning that that song directly coincides with this message, uh, I just love how the Lord works. Because no matter what is going on, He's in the middle of it. Amen? He's in the middle of your circumstance right now. He's in the middle of your issues right now, good or bad. He's in the middle of the issues that are going on outside of these doors in the world, good and bad. He's right in the middle of them. And he's asking his people to do one thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make this statement. It's gonna drive the whole message. He's asking his people a question. It's this where do you stand? Where do you stand when it comes to certain political issues? Where do you stand when it comes to uh, even the smallest of things? But I'm going to say this. Because of what's happening out there, because there are things that um, look like the end of days, he's asking his children, believers, where do you stand when it comes to your relationship with Christ? Straight up. I kind of went from zero to a hundred right there. Usually you say some things, make a few jokes you guys never laugh at. It's awesome. But I'm asking you this morning, hey, where do you stand when it comes to what you believe in? And the playing field for that is when you're in your social environment and something comes up. And you know what to say, but all of a sudden you get nervous. It's like, oh man, I don't know if I should say something because I don't want to offend anybody because of what I believe. (laughs) Well, the Lord's saying, look, we're coming to a time in our lives, time in this society where we can no longer be quiet. We can just no longer be quiet. And what we're going to look at here, we're going to continue in the book of Nehemiah. Now, last week, we had the entire CSU football team here, which was great. It was a fun thing to be able to host them. So I allowed my dad to get up and preach about neighboring because he's bringing neighboring to the football team as, as well as that's something that I'm trying to um, salt in with these messages. And I've been doing it by saying, look, if you value Jesus, bring somebody. Bring somebody to church. I hear so often that, well, I got friends who wouldn't even step foot in the church because of what happens in a church. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, the church, that church doesn't look like Jesus. Because anywhere Jesus is. I want to step into that and whether you know him or not when you step into that something happens right here. So my motivation and and, and passion and vision for ESS Christ Fellowship is to be the church Christ set out for her to be amen free of judgment but at the same time we're a Bible believing church. I'm sorry Genesis to Revelation is real all of it and as a yeah. Someone proclaiming the word this morning. I can't skip over stuff. So, with that being said, <laughs> I can't skip over um, some of the the verses that I brought last week because I only had about five to seven minutes before my dad got up and preached. We're going to go back and look at those verses. We're going to break them down. There's a lot in there. So, we're going to be in Nehemiah nine, verse thirty-eight, and also that's the last verse of Nehemiah nine, and also Nehemiah ten. Verses 28 and 29. The reason why I'm skipping verses 1 through 27 is because they're all names. They still have significance, but I don't need to read each one of those and break each one of those down necessarily. There's a, if you would like to do that on your own, I encourage you to do that um, and see what those names mean and the, the trail that they lead you to. But we've got some bookends here that we're going to be looking at. And... I'm realizing more and more the intricacies of how society does one thing jockeys for our attention everything everywhere you go, somebody's trying to get your attention, whether it be advertising, whether it, whether it be uh, marketing in some crazy form or fashion, and then we let's just take social media, holy cow it's It's basically a window. To everyone's life where you can just peer in and they're saying, let me live my life in a way that's so extravagant or maybe not even close to the truth, but yet it grabs your attention and you click like and you follow me and you like the pictures that I post and all that business. To me, I'm just kind of like, okay, not really into all that stuff. Facebook is cool, but it ain't it. All right. (laughs) When you make it to it, maybe you need to delete that app. Take, some, take a break from it, all right? When you check Facebook like the newspaper, there's something wrong. <sighs> but it, 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 the, all of this leads to what I opened up with. It all leads to and boils down to a core foundational question. And I asked you that. Where do you stand? I can make my life look a certain way and portray it on a social media site. But is that the reality? We have Facebook. I I, I wonder what the the opposite of that would be, like back of the head book, (laughs) where you you get to see the reality of someone's life, the real part of it. Uh, Again, there's so many things happening in this world right now that the Lord is allowing things to happen, causing the church, his bride, to wake up. He's asking you, where do you stand? Where do you stand with him? Where do you stand with his commandments and his words and what he says about you? Uh, The reason I'm coming at you this way this morning is because, uh, by all means, I want to be real with you. By all means, I want to be that pastor who is not necessarily trying to preach the good message or the the candy-coated ones. But I want to lay something in front of you that as you walk out of this church, it will change you. Because if we're reading the Word and it doesn't change you, what's the point? You guys hear me say that all the time. So before we jump in and read these verses, and look at what's going on here, I'm hoping by the time you get out of here, you you walk into wherever you're going after this, Monday through Saturday, that you're a different believer. You're a different Christian. You guys trucking with me on that? So just, I mean, not only listen here, but listen here. Amen? All right. So, we just came off a detailed confession all through chapter 9. That's what that is. This is, this is the Israelites. For those of you who don't know about the book of Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah was commissioned by the Lord to go rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. Uh, is confronted by a lot of opposition. They finally get this thing done, and now it's about reinstating God's government within the walls. And so these people were sent into exile before the rebuilding of the wall. Got to make that statement. And as they come out, the Lord is working on them and finally getting them to a place where they're listening to his word. They're listening to who he is. So they just get done being read the first five books of the Bible. All right. And they are like, my goodness, we need to change our lives. (laughs) We need to change some things here. So they go through this detailed confession and this detailed confession has some components to it. That they not only confess their sin, but they also acknowledge the compassion and loving kindness of who God is. That's very important. Very important, because as I confess my crap, which is a biblical term, kind of, not really, it's not. If I don't let the compassion of the Lord come and take the place of that confession, then all I will do is sit on how bad I am. And I will sit there and I will sit there and end up beating the mess out of myself. And I will never take my mind to how good God is. So they just get off of that. And they come to a place in verse 38 where they say this. Now, because of all of this. Now to me that's a very, very mature statement. And why is that mature? Because if you go back and read those verses in chapter 9, you will see that every time those people got rest from confessing their sin, they went right back to the same sin. Now they're saying, we see what we're doing. Because of all of this, continue in verse 38, we are making an agreement in writing. And on the sealed document are the names of our leaders, our Levites, and our priests. What they're saying is we recognize how bad we are, but how great you are. And we want to make an agreement. Now, what I've been diving into more and more, and I just love it, is the Hebrew language. Um... The majority of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Majority of the New Testament was written in Greek, with the exception of the book of Hebrews. And if you want to get more detail on that, you can talk to our teacher, Pastor Beck, the guy who did announcements up here. Very tall. You cannot miss him. So, in this verse, I want to understand what type of agreement. Because I want the content and the context of this scripture. It would make no sense for me to give you my personality of what this... This verse means you would walk out of here and you wouldn't be changed because Alex can't change you. <laughs> Sorry. But the scriptures can change you. So we get we want to get the correct view of what this is saying. So I look at the word agreement in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word for agreement here is Amana. Amana. A-M-A-N-A-H. Amana. I think that's how you say it. Okay. But the translation of that word is this, it's faith, support, sure, and certain, okay, those four words of two things, a covenant, and a financial support. So, full faith in a covenant, full support of a covenant, all surety of a covenant, and all certainty in and of a covenant, So they're going to make this agreement. They're going to make a covenant. And you think to yourself, okay, that's normal Old Testament language. But it's looking at this next word, writing. We're going to make an agreement in writing. I always ask myself, why why does it have to be the way it is in Scripture? Well, if you study the words, it'll tell you. Why are we making an agreement in writing? Well, the Greek word for this word writing is karath, K-A-R-A-T-H. And that means this. This is what just threw my mind. It means to cut off. That's weird. We're going to make an agreement to cut off. We're going to support the covenant of cutting something off. Now that's very interesting to me. Let's move down to verses 28 and 29. and I'm going to read 28 and Kind of get into a little bit of 29 and then I'm going to stop. But it says this this is what brings light to why this agreement is this way. It says, Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, excuse me, the singers, the temple servants, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons. I'm sorry, that's kind of hard to see on the screen up there. Where am I at here? Peoples of the lands of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, all those who had knowledge and understanding are doing this. They are joining with their kinsmen, their nobles, and are taking on themselves, catch this, a curse and an oath to do one thing, to walk in God's law, which was given through Moses. I'm going to pause right there. There's a couple of things in there. And I'm going to start with the very last statement. This is something, this law, God's law, was something that was already given. It wasn't new. This covenant was already established. Now you have to understand the reason why the people went into exile was because the Lord made a covenant with them. And they decided not to follow that covenant. They added so many things to this covenant that after a while they couldn't even see the original covenant. So it makes sense to me to make an agreement uh, to put all faith in, to be completely in support of all surety and all certainty of a covenant in cutting off that which I put on the original. It's like saying this, Lord, your promise isn't enough. But your promise as that song that we sang, your promise still remains. That's why it's so, it just all works. I didn't sit down with Jared and say, hey, you need to sing that song because this is what I'm going to preach. The Lord just works that way. But do you see the picture being painted here? These people recognize that they've gotten away from the original. Let me ask you a question. Can you even recognize that you've gotten away from the original in any portion of your life? We think that we need to say to the Lord, I need to amend The promise that you sent my way. And I'm going to do that in a godly way, even. I'm going to put all this stuff around it. And before you know it, you have 38 billion different ways of thinking about things and looking at things that you come to a place where you can't even see the original promise. You can't even see yourself for who you are. You can't see yourself for who God made you because he promised you that you were his child. But how often do we have this conversation in our head that, nah, I don't know if I really believe that. Are you guys chuckling with me this morning? This is the picture that's being painted. Lord, we recognize how bad we were, but also how good you are. And it's because of how you've loved us that we want to make an agreement. This is the Israelites saying this in Alex's paraphrased words. and it's because of how you've loved us that we want to make an agreement aka put our full faith full support all surety and all certainty into a covenant that already exists not something new and this is the old testament this is obviously before jesus showed up all right and it also already works and we are going to do that by cutting off all of our personal amendments to this covenant in return to the original now, see, this hits me right here. And if anything doesn't hit me right here, I shouldn't preach it. Because if I if it's not happening in me, what's the point of, of communicating it to somebody else? It's the... In Scripture, it says, hey, why don't you check out the log in your own eye before you deal with the speck in somebody else's? God basically saying, it's got to happen in you first, buddy. So, it hits me right here because... In high school, the Lord said one thing to me in the midst of just turmoil. He said, I'm going to make a way. And he has always made a way. But there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, you know what? Doesn't look like you're about to do that. So let me go ahead on and just put my hand on it just a little bit. Try to orchestrate some things. I start looking crazy. And again, I can see in my life where I've added so many things over the years that I don't even recognize the original anymore. And he's saying, why have you done that to me? Why have you done that to me when I'm the only one who's gotten you through? And i got to pose that question to you guys as well. Why, why have we done that to him? And I ask you the question... Where then do you stand? Do you stand on the midst of all of your personal amendments? Or do you stand on the original? Because it worked the first time. He works all the time. He's in time, on time, all the time. Amen? How? There it is. Love it. Well, as we kind of look at verse 28, excuse me, 38, real quick, this last word up here is sealed. Um, In the context of this verse, there was real no Hebrew um, interpretation of that word. Now, I'm sure there is in other parts of the word, but you got to understand in this section, to give us content and context, I could not find that. I'm sure our teacher could. Uh, But, a Webster definition of that it's just simple, impervious, unable to be affected by. And then I ask myself the question, why are all of these names so significant on this document? Why is it that the names seal this thing? Uh, that it gives its in, its imperviousness. Imperviousness means it's unable to be sift through, sifted through, if I'm right in saying that. I always check with my mom, hey, what's up? But you got the leaders, the priests, and the Levites. It says it's sealed by three groups of people. The leaders, our Levites, and our priests. Now that's very significant. And men, I'm going to be speaking to you in this room. Just for a little bit. If you read through all those names, there's about 84 of them. And it's the leaders that took the initiative to say, This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to live. Now, there's some 40,000-plus people within Israel at this point, I think. Nonetheless, it's a lot. It's more than 84, okay? So it would not make sense to have every single person sign their name on this document. So I think it's unbelievably significant that we see that the men, the leaders, the priests, the Levites, are the ones who signed because they took the initiative to say that if I don't do it first... How is the city going to do it? And men in this room, if you are not going to do it first, how is your family going to do it? Alex, if you're not going to do it first, how can you ask your leadership to do it? How can you ask the congregation to do it? But let me broaden the scope. Women, you're not exempt at all. Because the Lord set the church up as leaders, period. He puts you in your social environment. To lead with the gospel. To lead with that covenant. Amen? So what I'm saying is, how do you expect things to change when you yourself have missed the original? Have gotten off track with the original? The church has been commissioned as a leader in the community And because the leaders, I'm saying, you got a church that is taking it seriously. You got a leader who's taking it seriously. You got a leadership that's taking it seriously. Hopefully that can encourage you to take it seriously into your social environment. And guess what? Ask people to come to church. Because what we have going on here, again, I say it all the time, it ain't for us. It's for the city. Amen? So you guys getting a picture of what's happening here. Yes, no, amen, yeah? All right. The act of major leaders signing this agreement is an act of order. Think about passing laws in the United States. Congress and government officials, we don't get however many millions of people in the United States to write their names on one piece of paper and say, hey, this is good. So there's a a principle there. Now, very quickly, turn over to Joshua 24. We're going to be looking at verses 14 and 15. And this is Joshua, who was a part of that group of people in a certain time of their history. From verses 1 to 13, he goes and recounts the same history that these people spoke of in all of chapter 9. And then he gets to a point where he says this. And I want us all to take this seriously. Verse 14, of Joshua 24 says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. And truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And then he just says, choose, where do you stand in verse 15? If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And here it is. Sometimes you see this in people's homes. Um, it's just a blurb. Maybe uh, written on a piece of wood hanging above the door. and says this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Man, that's just mind-blown. As for me in my house, guess what? I'm going to tell you where I stand. And I'm going to show you where I stand. Because those who live around me, their temperature won't change my temperature. I'm going to take the temperature of the gospel and go change my environment. I walk into the room and the room doesn't change me. I change the room. Let me say this. The Jesus in me changes the room. Does it make sense? So, you guys trucking with me this morning? This is good stuff. Then looking back at Nehemiah verse twenty-eight, those t- verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine, kind of getting into those just a little bit more. I got to be be quick. It says the rest of the people who separated themselves. It says the rest of the people: the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the peoples of the land. See they took themselves from this world thinking and said, I'm going to physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally separate myself. That's a decision that was made, guess what? Before the document was signed. So here I am talking about this document and it's then it's like the document doesn't matter. They made a decision right up in here. Okay? Behind the sternum, right where Jesus sits. I really don't know where he sits, but that's a cool place to think about where he sits. To make a uh, a change. To choose to separate themselves. Then we look at these next words here that are pretty big. All those who separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God. See, you can separate yourself from Things, but you got to attach yourself to something. And if you don't attach yourself to the word of God, I'm going to just be real honest with you. It's going to be tough. You're going to come right back around to the same place and the Lord's going to try to teach you again and again and again. Obviously, the reason he's bringing you back to the same place is because he loves you. Because he wants you to get it. So as we separate ourselves, we got to join ourselves to something. And it says to the law of God. And then this their wives, their sons, and their daughters, and all those who had knowledge and understanding. You guys are gonna get sick of me hearing about sicking sick of hearing me preach about these uh, Hebrew words. They're just so good though. The Hebrew word for knowledge is yade, it's Y A D A. You would think it's pronounced Yada, but it's yada. And it means to perceive and see and discern. And understanding is pronounced being, B-E-N-E, and it's the same thing, it's the same definition, to perceive and to discern. So, let me be real with you guys this morning. Everybody in here has the ability to perceive and discern the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. If Jesus sits right here, you have the ability to do that. To simply say, Oh, I don't know if this is right or this is wrong. I mean, that's a legitimate place to be. But you know what we should do after that? Start digging through the Word. To try to figure out and answer that question. You have that ability. I don't want us to think that... Let me just say it like this. I've heard people say, and I've said this even before sometimes too, I just wish I didn't know. Because if I didn't know, then I wouldn't have to do anything about it. (laughs) Well, you know for a reason... And the reason is probably so you can change that circumstance. So what sense does it make to stick your head in the sand? The Lord's going to be just sitting there waiting for you to pull, the head, pull your head out of the sand so he can work with you. You have the ability. You're in your situation, circumstance right now because he wants to use you in your ability. Amen? It's big stuff. Knowledge and understanding. Then we we move to verse uh, twenty nine, and it reads like this: Knowledge and understanding are joining with their kingsmen, their nobles, and are taking on themselves a curse and an oath to do something very significant—to walk in God's law, to walk in it. Uh, I got to be careful as a preacher. Do not just preach at people. Sit down in front of them, cross the table, coffee shop style, and I could literally just fire all kinds of scriptures and, hey, Mr. Preachy McPreacher guy. But to walk in it, man, let me say this. You cannot be faint of heart to be a Christian, especially in this world. To walk in it, it takes some guts, but the reward is so worth it. Amen? So these people are making an agreement. They're saying, I want to tell you where I stand. Where I stand is more of a moving position than it is stagnancy. My standing is actually walking. So someone asks you, where do you stand with Jesus? Well, I walk with Jesus. It's a good response. You can tell them that, hey, my pastor told me to say that. (laughs) But after that, you're on your own, so I don't know... It's good, you've been given the the ability to discern between right and wrong, good and evil, because of Jesus. Where do you stand? That's a great question. Uh, Standing because you're walking in God's law, which was already given. And then we read through the rest of verse 29. God's servant, excuse me, uh, through Moses, God's servant, and to keep and to observe all the commandments of our God and his ordinances, and his statutes. We'll stop right there. Verses 30, all the way through 39, the end of the chapter, are the details of that agreement. We'll probably get into that at a later date. But again, verse 29, this was given. This isn't a new set of rules. This is a cutting off, a karath of the new stuff we or they have added. And are returning to the way it was intended to be in the first place. So, in a sense, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I want to take you to Second Timothy three, five, and we're going to start to close here. Can I get the worship team to come back up and get ready for our offering? Second Timothy three. I was saying to you guys, I hope that what has been said or brought this morning allows you to change when you walk out of here. Because I know we deal with people who are real, and we deal with people who are fake. Fake meaning, I'm not saying anybody in here is fake. I'm not saying that. Please, please, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, don't let it be a Sunday morning experience. Just a Sunday morning experience. And here's what we're saying. Here's what I. Here's what the Word is saying. That if this doesn't hit us, if if if, if we don't return to the original, we we become like this. I'm going to read verses one through five real quick. It says, "But realize this: in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers." Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In verse 5, here it is. Holding to a form of godliness, although, although they have denied its power. We will walk around saying that we love Jesus. And that he is working and operating in us. But because of all of the amendments. We'll deny his power. We may do that consciously. We may do it subconsciously. But I tell you what. I don't want to be that person. And I don't want to have a church. A body of people. Who are that either. Amen. Again I'm not saying that's who we are. I'm saying let's look at scripture and be the alternative. Of that I don't want to have a form of godliness and deny who he is let's accept all of the power of who Jesus is amen (laughs) my goodness it's not necessarily that we need to think differently maybe that language needs to get out of our vocabulary we need to think originally We need to think on and stay on the original. These people were making an agreement to cut off everything else. You know what they did? I said it last week. They drew a line in the sand or the dirt or whatever and said, I refuse to go back there because of the God that I serve. I refuse to do it. What would it look like if an entire church today in this city did that? We refuse to do it any other way than God's way. I was given a word this morning that I'm going to give to you. Let's come up here and you can start playing. And it's simply this. This is from Tony Wilson. I want you to hang on to this. Uh, Obedience Fulfills the promise Obedience Fulfills the promise If we have spent so much time Listening to the Lord And he said something to us All he's asking you to be Is obedient All he ever wanted Was his Israelites His people He brought up out of Egypt Those who were crying out to him To just be obedient And he would fulfill His promise Obedience to His Word. That may be a weird word, but guess what? There's a lot of power in it. Just stay faithful, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Father, we thank You for this offering, Lord. We we thank You for what You're doing uh, in this church. And pray that You would would bless us so that we can bless You. We can just return it right back to You, Father. Uh, Pray that whatever gets put in the the offering is, is given joyfully. Father so that you can return that back to your people a hundredfold, because the heart was right so Lord thank you we love you we need you in Jesus name go ahead and pass that so maybe there's some people in here who get convicted by adding so many things to your life that you forget about the original and you gotta do some business with the Lord just saying to the Lord you know what I got too much on me right now and I need to let it go uh, there's going to be some time here where if you need prayer up here, or you need to grab one of, you need to grab me or Beck, or if Pastor Rick is here today, uh, or any one of our leaders to pray for you, to just say, you know what, I'm ready to cut that stuff off. I'm ready to cut it off because I'm sick of dealing with the alternative. I just don't want the alternative anymore. Maybe there's somebody in here today who doesn't even know what the alternative is. The alternative is Jesus. And if you come to a place in your life where uh, maybe you want to take the leap from relying on yourself to relying on Him and you've never done that before. Sin separates us from the Lord. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Him, then today might be your day. Today might be your day. That you want to cut everything off and join to His covenant, which is the one that saves you from having to deal with the penalty of sin. My goodness. That's a good one. So if that's you, let's just pray real quick Father, if you're moving on anyone this morning Who you want to bring into the, the kingdom Lord, they have to make that decision you, You're not going to make them make that decision, Lord But you could be working in them right in this moment If that somebody is in this room, Lord I, I pray that you would Just encourage them to raise their hand, Lord We'll pray for them And we'll welcome them into the kingdom of Lord, uh, kingdom of heaven their names will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and they will have to deal with the penalty of sin no more. If that is you this morning, just raise your hand. If you've never accepted the Lord into your life as your Lord and personal Savior and today's your day, then just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we, we want to give you this time, a seal this time Allow for this time to be something that builds us up so that when we go out there, we're not affected by the world. We're impervious to the world's influence, Lord, but we want to influence the world. So, Lord, as we close, we love you. God, I just pray that as we sing this song to close the service that we can uh, let all this stuff sink in and affect us. In Jesus' name. So let's stand to our feet. Let's sing this song. Let's close and... You guys will be on your way. Trouble Surround.